Hello, and welcome to another episode of Known. I am your host, Mandy McDonald. I am so glad you're here today. This is my second conversation, well, second recorded conversation with Amanda Cunningham, known as Amanda from Texas on social media. Amanda and I have kept in touch since her first episode with me, and we've just been talking so much about how hard it is to get it all together these days. The response to episode one of this season has been so good, maybe is the word. Just so many of you said you could relate to that feeling of burnout and exhaustion. And so I asked Amanda to come share her own four pitfalls like I did so you could get another perspective. Maybe your feelings align more with hers than they did with mine. Or maybe she will point out some things that you didn't even realize you were trying to process still. So before we get to that, I just want to thank all of you for your huge response to my last episode with Amy Grody. If you have not listened to that, please do. And if you have listened and you haven't reached out to Amy or commented somewhere on my social media to let her know that you appreciate her sharing, please do that now. And while you're at it, make sure you're following Known Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can head to my website, MandyMcDeeMandeeMcD.com, to find those. And you can also find a link to my Patreon account there where you can become a supporter of the show. And while you're listening, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave a preferably five-star review, and a quick couple of sentences about why you enjoy this podcast. Those reviews are more than just an ego boost for me. They also help other people find the podcast when they're searching for something to listen to. So I think that's all the housekeeping I needed to do. Now here is my conversation with Amanda Cunningham. So I'm glad to have you back. It's always good to see your face and to catch up with you. A couple of episodes ago, I talked about my own crash and burn, (laughs) maybe is a word for it. Um, the, The nicer way to put it is my break. But, you know, I was struggling. So tell us about um, your ministry and how things have developed over the last year and where you are now. Well, it has been a year. (laughs) It's been a strange year. Um, Okay. So last I was here, you inspired me to start a podcast, which you didn't realize (laughs) that you were going to (laughs) do. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. No, it was, it was great. And (laughs) I had the idea and the plan and the vision and everything before the world shut down. Mm -hmm. So once it did, it was kind of, um, I was just trying to take the pulse for a few months really on myself and my life. (laughs) Like, am I okay? Yeah. But then, you know, kind of, uh, trying to decide if it's a good time to launch a podcast. I mean, there's kind of a global pandemic going on. (laughs) Kind of. Um, but yeah, (laughs) but so my main, the main thing I I love to do in ministry is to write and Mm. to share those words with people, just how God has changed my life and what he's taught me. Uh, because I feel like, you know, I, cause I came to him at 30, Mm -hmm. there's just such a stark contrast. And I like to give people hope who maybe, um, never heard about God growing up. And they feel like an outsider trying to come in. So that's my main thing. I love to write. I've been working on a book for two or three years now, (laughs) which seems crazy. I didn't think it would take that long, but you know, it's a process. He wasn't God. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought I was ready to write the book and God was like, Oh no, we're just going to like 
begin working on what I want to teach you right now. Oh, wow. So all that. Yeah. So all that to say, um, I wanted to launch a podcast. I had the, uh, just a clear vision from it, from the Lord. And I was looking around thinking, okay, I mean, is this a good time guys? <laughs> I know everyone's, you know, the grocery stores are empty and <laughs> there's all kinds of things going on. Um, but maybe we should do this. And so I just decided that I would wait till summer and let things just um, <laughs> settle for a minute. <laughs> so, and, and I thought it was a great time to, to launch a podcast just because we all felt so isolated and we were all grieving mm-hmm. with all the things we had to cancel and all the things we couldn't experience in our daily life and not being around people. So I decided to go ahead with it. And it was, you know, the focus of it was, wasn't is how God's love changes how we love. And I have so many friends with amazing stories of how God has changed their hearts, completely transformed the way they love and think and all the things. So grateful to share it. We had an awesome summer and I had plans to uh, start up a season two pretty quickly after that. I was thinking maybe, you know, Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. I ended the first season in September. It's going to launch in Thanksgiving. Um, it was so funny though, as soon as, so I live in Texas, mm-hmm. which we do things our own way a lot of the time, <laughs> but especially coming out of, uh, which we're all still slowly going to come out of this pandemic eventually, but yeah. we all started school, public school went back to in-person. You had the option to be at home, uh, but in the fall, mm-hmm. my kids went back to school in person, just mentally, we all needed that. And so for the podcast, what that meant for me was that we were back on school schedule and sports and all these things. So I think one of the benefits of the pandemic was that I had time to really focus on getting these people's stories and their messages and and what God has done in their lives out Mm -hmm. at all the time during the summer, you know, um, to figure out how to do it. I mean, producing and interviewing and <laughs> editing and then promoting a podcast is a whole thing. It was, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's a whole thing. So once the, sc- the girls went back to school, it was difficult. And so I thought, okay, maybe Thanksgiving won't work. Maybe we'll January. Let's do January. Let's mm-hmm. focus on the holidays. And I had joined Hope Writers and they're, they have a whole curriculum you go through to see what stage you're at. And so I knew that I probably wouldn't sign up in January again for it. Cause I really need to focus on the book. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to all their advice from now until January. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on a walk every day. I'm going to put a podcast in, listen to each thing. And I'm just come January. Just I'm going to come out the gates. Like so full <laughs> of great ideas and inspiration. New year. 2020 is in the past. And it is going to be great. And nobody's going to notice if my little old podcast takes a few months break, you know, no one cares. That's what (laughs) I thought. And so here comes January. And then, you know, my daughter's getting quarantined from school. So she's Mm -hmm. home for two weeks because someone on her basketball team got COVID. And then at this point, um, so my husband is a fireman. Mm -hmm. And when a fireman gets COVID, they have to shut down that whole shift because they all basically live together. So they'll send the whole shift home. So there's a lot of vacancies now that they have to fill 
to still serve the city. So all the firefighters have been working so much overtime Mm. since the fall and January, it was like really hitting our family. We were all just really tired, (laughs) which is crazy because we had this long Christmas break, but, um, I just felt like it just wasn't the time as much as I thought it was January was going to be perfect. And season two is going to be about marriage and everyone needs that going in the new year, especially coming up 2020. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, I I couldn't even keep my husband home long enough to record sessions. It felt (laughs) like, so it was just one of those things. I was like, okay, Lord, you let me know. You let me know when we can do this again. Um, and then my writing was suffering too. So I had listened to all these amazing writers and their journeys from getting this idea into a book. And then how do they find readers, you know, cause they want their, their people write books to help others change their lives. So it's like, once you finish the book, now you need to go find the people that yeah. you love so much that you want these books to change their lives. So I, I just thought like, oh, this is going to be so great. And then came January. I was so full of other people's information and other people's journeys that mm. I was all kinds of intimidated, fearful, mm. you know, felt like I was lacking. So it was just a crazy start to the new year. I was like, wow, wait, I thought this was going to be a whole different story. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got kind of lost January and uh, middle of February, I feel like. I just had settled into, okay, quit trying to do things in your own way, on mm-hmm. your own time, and just be obedient and let let God do what he's going to do. So I just put off all plans of, of doing season two. I it, We may do it this summer. That is the plan now. Yeah. <laughs> is that maybe my, maybe my podcast is just going to be summer series. I don't know. And it's hard because I look around at other friends you know, you and I have uh, several friends who have podcasts now and they do it weekly and they never stop. And I'm like, oh man, that's how I should be doing it. But that's, that's not true. That's not true for everyone. A podcast is whatever, whatever God wants to be and whatever you're capable of doing. And Mm -hmm. just in the season with my husband's line of work, it just didn't work out for us. So there was a lot of disappointment and a lot of thinking, I just wasn't good enough or professional enough, but I've just come to settle on God knows what I need to be doing. And if that's serving my family with everything I have right now, then that's great. That's where I should be pouring my best. The first thing that comes to mind for me listening to you, and this is like my own thoughts that I've had. So I might be putting something on you that you're not thinking or feeling. When I took my break or whatever you want to call it, I felt like I was letting God down because this was something that he had put in my heart. And over time, like you were describing, it just kind of developed and like this ball was rolling and building like a snowball does. And then all of a sudden I stopped it Um, or in my mind, I stopped it. You know, that may not be exactly how it happened. Um, but then I ended up feeling like I had, I was failing at what God was calling me to do. And looking back, I don't see it that way anymore. Um, have you had those feelings? And if so, how did you process or are you processing how that feels? Absolutely. Um, I definitely felt like, I feel like that all the time. Like I'm letting God down all the time. (laughs) And, um, 
think, I think coupled with that, not only was I letting God down, I was letting my listeners down, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not there's three or 300, I care about them and I love them. And that's, you know, why I'm doing this, why mm-hmm. I'm uh, being vulnerable and <laughs> sharing regularly. But I felt like people come to expect things and when you don't provide, they're like, oh, okay. So I, I, I didn't want to lose credibility yeah. with the listeners. Like, well, she's not a dependable source of information. She's not really here for us. Um, but I also didn't want to just squander this gift God had given me in, 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 be, in being able to connect with people mm-hmm. when we literally cannot be around each other. Yeah, <laughs> And that's such, I mean, it's just crazy to think how God has worked so that we could have the technology mm-hmm. to stay connected during something like that. Like, it's crazy. What a gift. And I, I did, I felt like you like, okay, I'm, I've totally let him down. He gave me this awesome thing and I'm not making the most of it, which is what I feel like I'm so good at is even in a bad situation, I will make the most of it because yeah. I've been given lots of bad situations and I've had to. <laughs> And I mean, that's the name of my newsletter that I email my uh, readers is it's titled make the most of it. So I was like, (laughs) what am I doing? I'm not making the most of this. So it has been a struggle just to know where, what is happening. Mm -hmm. And so you being authentic and real with us and sharing, you know, your four biggest pitfalls Mm -hmm. that helped me so much, like Mm -hmm. think about, okay, what, what are my big pitfalls? I mean, if you think about it, if I'm driving down the road, and there's a pothole, which there's lots now in Texas because we just <laughs> yeah. were buried in snow and ice. And when now I know where it is, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna damage my car and run in that pothole every time. I'm gonna mm-hmm. avoid it. But in my life, I don't do that. Right. I just keep running into these same pitfalls. Why do I do that? So I just need to name them and be aware of them more, so that this, you know. And I mean, we can't prepare for, we couldn't have prepared for a pandemic. We didn't know exactly what was coming, but I think too, the other thing that really, when you said momentum, that really hit with me because I feel like I had, I had built some momentum, Mm -hmm. you know, like God had cleared the table. He cleared my schedule and we were building something new together and then it stopped Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes it's hard hard to get going again. So I was afraid that, oh, okay, well, I'm done now. Yeah. It's over. I've lost all momentum. Yeah. What you said about um, losing credibility, you put words to something that I'd been afraid of too. And I I hadn't realized that's what I was afraid of is that I was letting people down, not just, oh, she's not following through letting people down, but she's not who we thought she was. She's not somebody who actually cares about us. And that's hard. It's hard to, I mean, it's hard to let God down, of course. Um, (laughs) But I also see him as being more forgiving when I do than, than other people are. Cause I'm like, okay, God's going to do something with this, but those other people are going to be so done with me and there's no coming back from that. So yeah, he put that yeah. into words for me for sure. So while I was taking a break, I feel like Ross and Rachel, <laughs> we were on a break. <laughs> well, I was <laughs> on my break. 
Um, <laughs> I awesome. started to realize like over a couple of months started to realize that there were other things in my life that I was neglecting. Like we talked before about off, off the show, um, about how my art was being neglected. Um, my home, my family, I don't think that they would have said, oh, she's neglecting us for her podcast, but I was not taking care of things that I normally would have um, in all areas of my life. And I started to, I started to do a better job of all those things and to pay more attention to what needed my attention to during my break. Um, So during this time, since you recorded those awesome podcasts, by the way, I loved listening. Um, And I was so proud of you because I know we talked when when you were on the show before that that was something that you were thinking about doing. And I I know, like I know the hard work it takes to get it started. So I was very proud and excited for you when you did that. And when you couldn't have done it without you. Oh, stop it. You were were so (laughs) encouraging and you helped me think through things. And you you were one of the most forgiving too because I was going to start this date and then I pushed it back, you know, so I, I'm just constantly pushing things back. <laughs> I get it though. Cause yeah, me too. Um, but anyway, I know that during this time you haven't just been doing nothing. Um, God has used you during this time. And like you were saying, you know, things with your family have been different and you know, it, it takes a lot of time and energy to, to raise a family and your husband's work schedule is not mm-hmm. the average schedule. And, And I know from following you that there have been things, ways that you have been ministering to your own family, of course, but outside of that, what are some things that you have been doing to fill that void of ministry? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been crazy timing for me too. Uh, The way God has brought this all together for me personally. So I stepped down from a ministry that was so fulfilling and Mm -hmm. filled me with joy in January and right before this shutdown. So Mm -hmm. I had, I had, God had prepared me in so many ways. Had I known what was coming, I maybe would have listened a little bit closer. (laughs) Um, But what God ended up doing to me at home, because you mentioned my family is he really brought me home this year. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I have, and I, I do have four pitfalls I would love to talk about uh, yeah. if it's helpful. But one of the reasons why I avoid, I have avoided being at home and said yes to all these ministry things for years, for many reasons. But one of them is I never felt adequate at home. Hmm. I never felt like, you know, I made the right meals or the girls were dressed well enough or the house was clean up. Like, mm-hmm. so when I started getting offers, when people saw things in me that were valuable to them and they would affirm me, I would say, oh, well, that's what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll figure all that stuff out at home later yeah. or we'll just eat out or whatever, you know, I just, and so I knew stepping down from the ministry I did last January that I was going to have to come home. I had no idea it was going to be in the way I did, but Mm -hmm. he really brought me home and taught me, Amanda, you have everything you need in me already. You weren't lacking anything, you know? And so that has been quite a journey for me in. So stepping out to do a podcast, I knew I was, I had to be intentional to still be with my family Obviously, we had all the time in the world over the quarantine, so much but, togetherness. 
it was a different, I had a different mindset. Like he's renewing my mind and Mm -hmm. healing my heart and thinking that I wasn't a good enough wife or mom and that I shouldn't be at home Mm -hmm. to save them trouble and angst, you know, Mm -hmm. just all these lies from the enemy. So that has been a beautiful thing, but he has also provided for me and I am just, I'm a connector. I have to connect with people. I can't stop talking about God. He's constantly doing things in my life and blessing me to no end that I just can't keep a lid on it. So I was thinking like, well, how, how am I going to keep a lid on this until we're allowed to be in person again? Mm -hmm. And um, so I started to just feel this stirring when I couldn't do the podcast in November and December, okay, well, how can I serve my church? Like we have to not only be flexible, but we have to be fluid. We mm-hmm. have to be able to adapt. Everything is changing with technology. And so I just, okay, what is our church doing right now? Okay. Our church currently is growing groups. Well, how could I serve in a group? Well, how about I do a Bible study? And I offer the option to do it remote and in person. Now bless America. That is technology. <laughs> it was frightening. Yeah. I think that was one of the amazing reasons that I, the podcast was so terrifying to me is the technology. Yeah. Like I am, <laughs> Ooh, I am not good with that. Um, but people helped me. I mm-hmm. asked and it turned out to be a really awesome thing. So I'm hosting a made to crave study by Lisa Turkers, which is always a great study at the beginning yes. of the year, but especially now for a lot of us emotional eaters who, found the shelter of food to be um, not very hospitable (laughs) over the quarantine. (laughs) So it's been really awesome just to see people again, even if, you know, I'm in a classroom with two or three or 12 people and there's a lot of people joining online to be going over the same scriptures again with people is just been so, so amazing for me. So that's been very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, staying connected on social media has been um, trying at times, yeah. <laughs> but it was helpful to have that way to connect mm-hmm. when we couldn't be together. There were so many times, especially around the election and stuff that I was like, I'm just completely getting Oof. off social media. I am not doing this anymore. And then I was like, but I need people. <laughs> and some days mm-hmm. that's the only connection I have with people outside of my four walls, you know? So it's it's a blessing and a curse for sure. I do want to hear your four pitfalls because as I was thinking through my own, I was like, well, everybody deals with this and everybody deals with this. And then I started thinking like, no, (laughs) this is, and and I think I even said it in the podcast, like the devil's craftier than that. Like he doesn't just have four ways that he's going to make us all fail. He's got, he might use those four with all of us, but he knows he figures out how to worm in on each of us. Um, so what are yeah, yours? He does. Well, okay. So I totally related to yours. Okay. But I put, but mine are just a little different. So in trying to answer this call, God has put on my life mm-hmm. <laughs> and trying to figure out what that was, was its own thing. And now that I know what I'm supposed to be doing, how do I continue each day, especially with how difficult life can be? So here have been what, after listening to your podcast episode, that the four that I have come up with that are in major pitfalls that keep me from following his calling clearly is 
Number one, I have a tendency to be foolish. Hmm. Number two, I very easily am overwhelmed. Three, I haven't even realized until recently how fearful I am of (laughs) most situations that call me to be, to step out in faith. And then number four is I'm, I, one of my biggest pitfalls is just to be inward focused and Mm. like stuck in my head. So um, the first one, when I say I'm foolish, one of the, one of the biggest things I struggle with is when I said, you know, people were validating things in me. And so I was like, okay, you think I'm good at that? Oh, I am good at that. I can do that for you. And I would say yes to all these things. Part of it was me wanting to serve God. Part of it was me following flattery yeah, and wanting to conform to the pattern of the world and wanting to fit in somewhere. Mm-hmm. And what I've had to learn the hard way so many times is to not follow the flattery, but to follow the spirit leading me all the time. Mm, and that's good. <laughs> that's very good. I just, because here's what's happened too. And, and I'm not saying every situation is like this. But sometimes people would, conf- you know, affirm things in me, not because <laughs> they had my best interests at heart, but just because they wanted that from me for their thing. And so once I was done providing that thing or whatever it was that they needed for me, or I had to stop for whatever reason, then the true um, motivation behind asking me to do it would come out, you know, that mm-hmm. there'd be a bad ending or um, gossip, or Mm. those kind of things. So I think if I was always, I I have to be careful in what I discern as what God wants me to do, and that I should be pleasing him before anyone else. Because I can easily get wrapped up into, oh, you think I'm good at that? Oh, great. Nobody tells me I'm good at anything. I'm going to go just give everything up and go do this for you. um, When really that wasn't in my best interest, and Mm. that wasn't aligning to my calling. And I've even felt like at times there was one specific instance where I, God convicted me, like, if you do this just because you think you should, or because you think it's the right thing, or you want to please that person, what, what if I had that for someone else and you're stepping into yeah. it, you're stepping out of line. So I've had to really um, focus on discerning what is of him and what is obviously of my flesh, because I can easily say, Oh, that's a great thing. I should do it without um, talking to God. But uh, Romans 12 uh, verse two really helped me with this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his pleasing and perfect will. It's good. Please pleasing and perfect will. So it's, I have, to submit to him first (laughs) yeah um i had to be transformed by by allowing god to renew my mind before i can even know what his will is so that was something that helps me not be so foolish and Mm -hmm. to stay in the word i struggled with staying in the word so much over quarantine it was it was ridiculous i had all the time in the world right and i but it was like not being with my church family and not serving at church in person. Mm-hmm. I just, I was like, Oh, well, I'm strong in my faith. I'll just take a little time off from the Bible. No, can't do that. my spiritual life. 
greatly, yeah, greatly suffered from it. I think part of my struggle too with that was just being out of routine, which is sad. Like God Mm -hmm. shouldn't just be, you know, on my list, one of my routines, but that really Mm -hmm. is a struggle for me. Like I, I, I was not in my normal rhythms and it would be like, okay, I'll do that later. But then later never happened. And it's just so easy to, yeah. it's so hard to form a habit that you want to form and so easy <laughs> to stop and then starting over again. So is, easy. It's a big challenge too. Yeah. I've heard people say so many times about exercise. Well, it only takes mm-hmm. 60 days to build a new lifestyle of, of working out. I'm like, no, it takes me 60 days to fake it and yeah. then quit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can fake it for 60 days and work out. And then I'm like, all right, I'm tired. I give yeah. up. <laughs> My second pitfall that I fall into a lot. And I think this can easily be explained in my life through my <laughs> dysfunctional relationship with exercise is that I get <laughs> overwhelmed. And so if I'm using exercise as an example, um, I will like get all this energy and motivation and I'll come out of the gates and I'll do all the hard things. And then I'm like, okay, well, once I start doing this, well, then I need to start drinking water and then I need to start eating healthy. And then I need to be stretching really well. And then I need to go get blood tests done and make sure, like, I just feel like it's, it's too much. It's just so overwhelming to me that then I just like shut down completely. Mm -hmm. So whereas I was, you know, exercising four or five times a week with like really intense cardio and weights and all these things and completely exhausted the second I left. Well, that's why I, I gave up after 60 days instead of continuing because it wasn't sustainable because mm-hmm. it was overwhelming. And one of the ways that I saw just this pitfall of being overwhelmed all the time was after my girls came back, we came back in the summer, and girls went back in in-person school. I would sit down and try and tackle my to-do list. Like just even writing one again yeah. was so weird <laughs> because I didn't need to, like, I wasn't, I wasn't working over the summer. I was just, you know, doing what I wanted. And so writing a to-do list was like, okay, I remember what this is like, but I took my planner and I, I wrote my to-do list and then in one column on the next column, I wrote what I actually accomplished in a day. Mm. And it took me three days to realize I am putting way too much pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it, if I've always done that, but I especially noticed it coming out of, of having everything canceled. (laughs) Yeah. And so it, it just reminded me, I'm always reminded that I have to rest in him. And you said that on your episode. And I just love that. I have to be realistic with my limitations Mm -hmm. and I have to rest in God. Mm -hmm. And, um, it reminded me of Matthew 11, Verse 28, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It doesn't say, you know, I will give you more energy or mm-hmm. I will give you more comfort or I will give you great ideas. It says, I will give you rest. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and so one of the books, so I, I love reading and I have not read this book yet, but it is high on my list. I want to read Sacred Rest by Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith, mm-hmm. which talks about different types of rest. Cause a lot of us just think, Oh, well, I'm not a nap kind of person and I can only get so much sleep throughout the night. So that's it. But there's actually different kinds of rest. So mm-hmm. I 
want to study rest more in um through the go- through the lens of the gospel so i'm yeah. excited to read that by her that's funny that you said that because i was going to ask you what does resting in the lord look like to you oh well um just like you were talking about how you had neglected art mm-hmm. and how you felt that void i am no i'm not a professional photographer but i enjoy photography i enjoy taking pictures of my family and they don't as much as i like to take <laughs> pictures um over valentine's day we were doing this exercise where we would write on a heart anytime throughout the week that we were at home iced in um <laughs> an instance that we felt loved by someone in the family <laughs> and of course we didn't we didn't keep it going all week because the whole week because we're slackers but um <laughs> one of the things i wrote on there <laughs> was um we had gone to play out in the snow and my girls are 10 and 12 and they don't like getting their picture taken that much anymore mm-hmm. or for right now but they were smiling for me and I was like, please let me take your picture. And, and they did. And that is precious to me because uh-huh. I'm living my dream right now and I want to capture all these memories. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote that on the wall that like my, I feel loved when my family allows me to preserve our memories and photographs, like, Aww. but I hadn't been doing that. Yeah. So that was just one of the things for me, resting in God is just, for me personally, specifically, it's photographing our memories. It's that's mm-hmm. one way I thank him. And I really appreciate the moments that he gives us. So, mm-hmm. but there's other things too in the book. And I've heard her talk about this book on podcast. So there is a chapter on resting by using your senses. So I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I can see that how like a dinner that has new flavors, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like healthy, like, just this stimulating your senses with different mm-hmm. flavors maybe is a form of resting in God and appreciating your taste buds and the way he's created food. And so that's cool. I can get now with that. I read that. pictures yeah. and eating food. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just trusting him to provide. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times I keep talking about food. That's the Bible study we're doing right now is about yeah. satisfying ourselves with God, not food. Um, but a lot of times over quarantine, I was just looking for excitement or comfort and went to food too much to where I, I reading the word, it was like, God was making me think, Amanda, you think I can't provide all those things for you? Excitement, stimulation, um, comfort and you keep going to food to get those things. Mm. So just resting in his character, his word is important to me too. So being fearful, I have not realized such a common theme in my story. I tend to like even self-sabotage things because I'm afraid of how they're going to end up. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing I know I always do is I am always afraid that I'm lacking. I didn't get a college education. I didn't grow up in the church. So stepping out in the secular or Christian world is always coming from a place of insecurity. Like I'm missing this major component of what it takes to be credible and trustworthy and intelligent. And so I just make so many decisions out of fear sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought up that verse. There's no fear in love. Mm -hmm. So um, fear has been especially with the last year something I've 
dealt with and it causes me to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. It causes me to seek comfort in worldly things instead of trust God and be faithful. And um, one of the ways that I've helped myself get out of that is honestly to go to counseling. Yeah. Because sometimes my friends or, or Phil, my husband, they can't, absorb all the things that are going on in my head and help me discern what's going on. Yeah. And so going to counseling and talking about, okay, like sometimes just walking in and be like, like word vomit, just, yeah. How's your week been? (laughs) (laughs) And then in that they can pull out and say, Oh, well, are you, are you procrastinating writing your book? Wink, wink, hint, hint, (laughs) because Mm. you're afraid. And what are you afraid of? So, um, I deal with fear a lot, yeah, a lot, especially with what we were saying earlier too, about the podcast. Like I was afraid if I didn't immediately start producing again, what that would mean to the readers and would I be pleasing God with that? And so that's definitely been a major struggle. Yeah. Well, side note, um, every time that you mention, I didn't get a college education. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot, forgot that Mm -hmm. about you. So you know, you might be thinking about that, but nobody else is. I mean, but anyway, I'm saying all that because but yeah, and I, that's a good point. Like that is, that's an irrational fear with a rational basis. Like, yeah, I see why you would yeah. be like, well, everybody else has a college degree and I, I don't, but it doesn't actually matter to anyone except somebody who's like looking to hire a doctor and you don't have a degree in that. Like, you know, it just doesn't. Yeah, it matter to that many people. Yeah, and it it um, it makes me so because I have these you know fears and insecurities. It makes me grasp for ed- education a lot. So when I don't necessarily, you know, maybe that's not what God is actually calling me to do. Mm-hmm. I just grasp at like, oh, okay, well they have this class or they have this webinar. Oh, I need to take that course before I do anything else. Mm-hmm. And so one of my very close friends has been like, you don't need to take any more classes. Mm-hmm. You have everything you need. And so it has, um, I keep coming back to Psalm 23, one verse one through four, where it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep saying that, like, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I lack nothing. And and it goes on to say, which reminds me of rest again. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Like, those are all the things that I'm after in life where I think, okay, I'm going to accomplish this and then I'll feel refreshed, you know, or um, so that that verse has really helped me. To, to remind me every time I feel like I'm lacking, I know that it's not from God mm-hmm. and not like, to say that we're not always learning. Right. Right. But I think that what we learn from experience is more valuable than what we learn from a webinar. <laughs> I mean, you can get like information yeah. or direction from, from education. Of course it's important. Um, I mean, that's why we send our kids to school. Like we want them to learn and we want them to be lifelong learners. Like my goal as an elementary school teacher was, I don't care. I mean, I care because it's important that they learn, but I don't care if they can remember the capital of all 50 states, but if they 
know how to find that information and have a desire to find information that they're passionate yes. about, then that is amazing. That is education to me. And it, it doesn't take any sort of degree to love learning or to know how to access the information that you need. Absolutely. My little soapbox moment there. And <laughs> I love it. It's so true. And it's so important to know, you know, where to go to get information. And mm-hmm. I think because I'm, I, when I get in those pits where I think, okay, I, I am not enough. I don't have enough. I am not listening to God at all. Yeah. So, yeah, he didn't tell us that. That's for sure. That's, yeah. I feel like what you're saying about, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like what you're saying about what you're afraid of is what causes you to have that inward focus. Is that kind of where you're heading? For sure. Yeah. Those go hand in hand. That's where I get wrapped up. So it starts with fear. And if I give in to fear, I end up with just looking at myself Yeah. (laughs) and depending on myself and stuck in my head. And one, uh, one of the best books that I've seen about getting out of that is literally called get out of my head Mm -hmm. by Jimmy Allen (laughs) or get out of your head. Um, but I feel like because I have always struggled with trusting other people or had a fear of abandonment or whatever, I try to go it alone Mm. so often. And I, I don't appreciate the gift that God has given us in the body of Christ Mm. that we're all supposed to depend on each other. I tend to want to go it alone and which all that does is lead to like a dead end because I can't, I don't have, everything on my own. It's Mm -hmm. called the body of Christ for a reason. Um, And one of the verses in first Corinthians chapter 12, that talks about the body of Christ. It says the, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you because we're all one body. And at the later on in verse 27, it says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So I had to learn to ask for help. Mm. And to trust other people to get the right help, you know, t- to have my best interests at heart when they were giving me help. And that's been difficult for me, but it's so important because I can't do this all by myself. I'm not supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that was the case, then quarantine wouldn't have been an issue to be like, <laughs> yeah. great. Now I can do what I'm supposed to do. Right. I think that's where a lot of us, um, I think a lot of us do struggle with that because if I can't do it on my own, it must not be for me to do. Um, Or if Mm -hmm. I need other people that I'm lacking too much to try to do this thing, whatever the thing may be. And we kind of get a God complex. Like it, we feel like we're being humble, like, Oh, I'm not equipped for this or I'm not good enough for this, but really it's a pride. Like I talked about, it's a pride thing that, I don't need you. I can do it on myself when no, you're not meant to do anything by yourself, which is why we're told we are part of a body. You're not the body of Christ. You are in the body of Christ. Exactly. And I may just be the hand, but I'll never get anywhere else. Like I may be really good with my hands. I may be task oriented. I may be great with details and have great patience, but 
I'll never walk the gospel anywhere if I don't have feet too. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I heard this podcast recently about um, one of my writer friends recommended to me. And I mean, this woman is like a major voice in writing has wildly successful books. And she was talking about how to write a book. And she was saying, don't let other people read it before you're done with the first draft. And she had great advice, but one of these things stuck out that I disagreed with, where she said, you know, you, you can't depend on other people's feedback to keep you going. You'll never make it if you depend on other people to pump you up. And I just thought, no, no, iron sharpens iron. Like we're, we're mm-hmm. supposed to be working together and getting feedback all the time from each other because I can't tell what I'm supposed to be doing by myself. I only have certain gifts and, mm-hmm. and someone else may look at what I'm doing and be like, Hey, but what if, or what about, and makes it so much better and so much easier to communicate and just connect with people better. Like I have blind spots. Yeah. Just do. And I, I guess I can see her point somewhat. Like you don't want to just let anybody, yeah. but like somebody that you trust and that knows what your heart is trying to say, they can be like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't how you really feel. Is it? Or, Oh, this is awesome. Yes. That's exactly what I knew you had in you. Like that can, yeah, that's definitely encouraging. I agree with you. Any calling that you're following, you have to have people to spur you on. You cannot go it alone because you'll get stuck in your head and you'll have blind spots and you'll have fears and insecurities that stick instead of, you know, God has created us to work together so that you can help pull one another out of their pits and stop staring in the mirror or, you know, at all of your flaws. It's yeah. In Hebrews 10, 24, it says, let us consider how we, how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together to get, not giving up meeting together. Oh, <laughs> that one hurt as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, yeah, I mean, that's direct instruction to yes work together. Yes. And the meeting together part. Yeah, we have no way saying if your church is not meeting together, that you're not helping each other, but just staying connected. Like we were talking <laughs> about with technology, like using your resources to stay connected and keep encouraging each other. Yeah. And just look for what you've already been given. Mm-hmm. You know, the people you already know, the, the ways you can already connect and just get out of your own head mm-hmm. and and build each other up, spur one another on, sharpen each one or sharpen one another so that we can build the kingdom of God. So we can grow the kingdom of God so we can serve each other with love. Yeah. So those have been what my major pitfalls have been. And they really were glaring. Mm. I think we all hit a level of exhaustion where all the self-sufficiency in the world could not change our circumstance. Yeah, And we all realized it at different times, <laughs> mm-hmm. but once we did, I think we, you know, there was just this like collective crash. Mm-hmm. Like one of the reasons I asked you to come talk about it is I think it's important for us to hear each other say that, like, there's nothing wrong with you because mm-hmm. you burn out or crashed or needed a break. Um, we were all there yeah. at some point, probably in different ways because our lives are all so different, but we've all been there most likely we've all been there over the last 12 months at some point. 
And it's, you know, like the whole point of my podcast known, like knowing (laughs) that I'm not the only person who felt these things or some form of these things um, makes me feel like it's okay. And it's going to be okay. And that we can help each other. So where I wanted to go next is what can I do as your friend to spur you on from this point? You're so sweet to ask. You're so sweet. (laughs) Well, you've been such a blessing to me because you do really pay attention and you notice, like when I said, when I was first going to start the podcast and then I didn't, you were like, Hey, how are you? (laughs) Like, how are things going? I know you said, but you know, that's like, just to be known, like Mm -hmm. your podcast says, like what the way you live your life is to notice people and notice and reach out and be like, Hey, you okay? Like, how's everything? Do you need any help? Um, that has been such a gift to me. And what has helped me to is just reaching out to people who are ahead of me yeah. and saying, Hey, what can I do? How can I do this? And what was funny too. So even though I did start a podcast, one of my friends reached out to me she was like, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast tell me everything you know. And I was like, well, that's not very much (laughs) because I learned, you know, just the bare minimum technology wise. And then I just started producing because I'm just, I'm much better at um, the organic stuff, not Mm -hmm. all the technical stuff. Oh, me too. (laughs) And it was so funny because she, so she was like, okay. She kind of got the just like, okay, I don't think Amanda's going to be the best resource for this. So she (laughs) went out and started gathering from other people. And I run into her at the gym all the time. She's like, Oh, I got this. And I got, and I'm like, wait, you bought what? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I said, when you launch your podcast, circle back. And will you teach me how to relaunch mine? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's just, we just have to be humble. I think a lot yeah. of times anyone who has like a social media presence, they're so afraid to just say they're struggling. Mm-hmm. And so what that does to people like you and me is we think, oh, we're the only ones who are struggling how to do this right now. I just think it's important to be authentic and real so that really so that we can let things out in the light to be honest in whatever we're doing. And I think if we're only sharing when we're doing well, we're not being honest Mm -hmm. about what it takes to follow your calling. I will say over the past 12 months. And I didn't come up with this on my own. I've heard this advice more than once. I'll go through my list of who I'm following. And if there's anybody that makes me feel envious or less than I unfollow them, like no matter how great some of their stuff is, if I follow them and feel discouraged, then I just stop following them. And I'm not saying that we should all like air our dirty laundry on social media. That would be inappropriate also. But just be real. Like, yes, I had success in this area, but here's the hard work and the 17 failures that happened before it. So, yeah, I need that. And the people that I allow to influence me, I need I need to see some ugly, too. <laughs> if you let um, fear of failure or, you know, any of the pitfalls that you and I have both talked about, like if we thought to ourselves, I'm afraid I'm going to fail if I do this. Therefore, I'm not going to use this to make God known. We'd be like, okay, never Mm -hmm. mind. (laughs) You know, my fear of failure doesn't matter. If we (laughs) can reframe everything that we do in, in the frame of this is for God's glory, this is to help people know God, 
then we wouldn't let those pitfalls stop us. We wouldn't even slow Reach down. It. So maybe that's something that, that we can kind of hold each other accountable for and each other. I mean, you and I, but also anybody who's listening, Yes. I, I think I'm safe to say this for Amanda. Also, if you need accountability, <laughs> reach out to one of us and, yes. and tell us like, here's what I'm trying to do. And I'm afraid, or I'm overwhelmed or whatever pitfall you're dealing with is. And, you know, we'll, we'll try to help each other reframe everything to, I'm doing this for the glory of God. Therefore, fear will not stop me. Overwhelm will not stop me. Comparison will not stop me. None of those things are going to stop me because this is about making God known. Yes. I'm thinking about uh, Colossians 3, where it says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Mm. That's what I need to be doing. Yeah. Oh, look at us coming around to that little verse, that little nugget we can take with us. That is good. All right. I I think that's going to be my plan from here is to try to reframe those negative thoughts that are not from God setting on my mind of things above and not of earthly things. I'm glad we had this conversation. I needed it. Me too. Me too. I mean, it was good to see your face and to talk to you, but the topic (gasps) was good. (laughs) Yeah, it's important. A lot of people need to hear that there's hope right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I've asked you before um, the question that I always ask because of your story. What do you know about God? But this time, because of quarantine, (laughs) because of the last 12 months, (laughs) what do you know about God that you didn't know before or didn't realize before? Uh, He is faithful. Mm. And I am not always, but He is faithful. He has gone before us and provides for us in millions of unseen ways every day but when he makes himself known we best pay attention because it's going to be good yeah and he has just made himself known to me in so many ways i could never even imagine over the past year and i'm so grateful i love that i really appreciate amanda taking the time to come share all those things and be vulnerable with me again i'm pretty certain you found something that you can relate to in there So join our conversation. There's a link in show notes to get in touch with Amanda and to find her on social media. And of course, known podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I'd love to hear what you're thinking and how you're processing through everything that we've been through in the last 12 months or so. And as always, I'm leaving you with a blessing this season, the Beatitudes. I'm reading this time from The Voice. Blessed are the spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. Blessed are the meek and gentle, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And blessed are you, blessed are all of you, when people persecute you or denigrate you or despise you, or tell lies about you on my account. But when this happens, rejoice, be glad. Remember that God's prophets have been persecuted in the past and know that in heaven, you have a great reward.